For more interviews with leading figures in Asia from the world of business and beyond, head to the App Store or Google Play to download the Tiger Hall app. Right now, more companies are going bankrupt than ever before. You know, we are in a perfect storm with creative destruction. The slow movers are going to disappear. And I think it, the most proactive leaders and companies can jump further ahead than ever before. We're in the Tiger Hall with Lawrence Smith, an experienced chief talent and learning officer with 20 years experience working in Asia. Now, Lawrence, your expertise is in developing leaders with a digital mindset and advising C-levels on the digital transformation journey, particularly from an HR standpoint. So you were formerly Managing Director of HR and Group Head of Learning and Talent Development at DBS Bank. And you've also recently authored a book, Transformation Mindset, 10 Things Leaders Should Be Doing Today to Turn Crisis into Opportunity. So we're going to be talking about how leaders can use a crisis to drive transformation within their organizations. So we're recording this now in the midst of a teeny tiny pandemic where digital transformation has been expedited very quickly and organizations have had to rise to the occasion with some urgency, right? So just as a quick introduction, can you give us a call to action beyond COVID-19? What should leaders be doing and why? Absolutely, Pepper, and thank you. It's a privilege to be here with Tiger Hall. To me, this current crisis is just an accelerator. If you go back six months, there was already a massive disruption. The uh, rise of exponential technologies, non-traditional competitors entering many markets, and a huge amount of creative destruction. So this was already going on. COVID-19 has merely just accelerated it. And what we've been seeing is a period of creative destruction where the the half-life of of organizations, of skills, and our own value as leaders has been shrinking dramatically. And and this is now being accelerated. So I, I think the key message is now we have the opportunity. Now we have the mandate. There are no more excuses. The future of work is here and it's digital. And we either use this as an opportunity to jump ahead and accelerate, uh, or we're going to get left behind even more than before. Okay, so I know that purpose-driven culture and values is one facet of how you advise leaders. Can you explain a bit what needs to happen here? Absolutely. I mean, at the start of this crisis, there was a lot of concern about remote work, people working from home. Are they really working? How hard are they working? And companies and leaders are rushing to implement technologies to to monitor people's presence at the desk, to take screenshots, to track them and all of that. And part of that was really a lack of confidence in our own leaders. Many of them are more comfortable managing by presence by being able to see people, by being able to see the work, by being able to know that they are there and they are working. Uh, And frankly, management by presence is gone. You can't do it anymore. Now people are at home. They may or may not come back to the office later this year. They may work from home forever or in a much more hybrid future. But my point is, if you're managing by presence, if you've already invested in building a purpose organization, purpose-driven organization, where there are a strong sense of values in place and your leaders actually live those values, 
you don't need to worry about when your employees are doing the work because they themselves are there because they're motivated. They're intrinsically motivated to make a difference. You know, their purpose aligns with the purpose of the organization. Uh, as Dan Pink talked about, you know, it's mastery, autonomy and purpose. They feel they're making a difference. So they may have to be looking after elderly parents, homeschooling their kids. They may be working through the night rather than during the day. But if you've built the right type of culture in terms of values and a strong sense of purpose, they're going to be getting it done. Mm. Um, and ironically, a lot of the data and, and research shows that people are getting more done. Right. And being more productive and more inspirational than they were when sort of locked in an office and, and managed nine to five. So another thing that I know you advise leaders on is digital advisory boards. Can you tell me a bit about that? Sure. Uh, this really started a few years ago uh, after my work at DBS, where we did a lot of work on digital mindset and transformation. Working with a number of other organizations on this and uh, Danon was uh, one where I was invited to the digital advisory board and there's really three great impacts here. Um, it's a way to inform and learn your leaders and bring in outside expertise. It's also an incredibly powerful problem solving and innovation mechanism. Um, and it's also a way to develop and cascade digital mindset across the organization. So it can be something very formal. Uh, I know Unilever has a long-established uh, digital advisory board, started initially in marketing, but has then broadened beyond that. But you can also do it uh, as a team or as an individual. I have my own little sort of virtual digital advisory board of people I've gotten over the last few years that are my go-to guys and, and girls for expertise on, on digital marketing, on AI and big data. So you can do this at an individual level, at a team level, but also at an organisational level. Mm. And so while all this is going on, what is the work that leaders need to do on themselves? So I think one of the questions I often ask in, in workshops or conferences is around the level of digital literacy in the leadership team in the organisation. And if you think about it now, and, and COVID has just accelerated this, but it's been true for the last five or six years, if not longer, your ability to operate in the highly digital world is increasingly important. When you honestly sit there, close your eyes, think about your CEO and your leadership team, where would you rate them on a scale of one to 10 in terms of digital literacy? You know, when you stop and realize they're making decisions about the future of the business, um, about your career, uh, about your pension and your kid's college fund, essentially, uh, you probably like them to be a little more digital literate than they are at the moment. So really working on that at a leadership level and working on that digital mindset is absolutely critical. And it's something, again, you can do as an organization-wide initiative or you can do it at an individual or a team level. Okay. So, so these three things we've covered, the, the purpose, the digital advisory boards and questions leaders need to ask themselves. Can you give us some actionable steps for how leaders can grow in these areas? Absolutely. So if you look at the first, managing by purpose, because managing by presence is, is really um, defunct these days. The first thing to do is you personally. Why do you work where you work? What drives you? What is your life purpose? What actually gets you excited? What gets you out of the bed in the morning? Um, and there's some very simple exercises you can do around this in terms of going deeply into, yes, you need to make money, you need to pay the bills. But what drives you? What motivates you? So defining your own sense of purpose first is absolutely critical. 
once you're clear on that and you understand how it relates to what you do at work and your organization, you can run through a similar exercise uh, with your team. But it becomes a deeply personal reflection, but incredibly powerful when you get it there at, a, at an individual level. Mm. In terms of digital advisory boards, start simple, right? Just go find two or three people that know more than you and just make it the habit to have a coffee with them once a month or to build a friendship with them so that they're the people you your go-to people when you want some ideas or questions on this and develop your own little virtual digital advisory board it can just be two or three or four people what sort of people should they be oh gosh it depends totally i mean if you look at my own journey of you know reinventing myself from corporate executive to somebody you know embedded in the digital world a lot of it for me was reaching out to people in the startup world uh, entrepreneurs working in some of these fields as well as people consulting and advising but equally within your own organization there will be people and they're probably not in IT that will be uh, deeply involved in some of these areas deeply passionate and often it's their hobbies I remember one time at, at DBS we were trying to identify who were the experts on blockchain in the bank and, you know, we identified a couple of managing directors who we, but it turned out it was actually some kid in the service center. Really? Who knew more about, seriously, it was a kid in the service center who knew more about blockchain than anybody else in the bank. And it was his hobby. Oh, fantastic. And he became Mr. Blockchain. He became the go-to guy. So within your own social network, your community, your, your colleagues and friends, just find, and they don't need to know much more than you to be really useful. And, you know, 12 months from now, you will actually be you know, coaching or mentoring others as well. So just put your own little digital advisory board together with people you can go to. Mm. Um, and if we move on to digital mindset, yeah. uh, and this was really a big challenge for me four or five years ago, um, it's playing. It's experimenting. It's, you know, buying some Bitcoin because you want to understand cryptocurrency. That, that was happened to be good timing for me. <laughs> you know, uh, getting a Fitbit or an Apple Watch because you want to learn about the quantified self and, and get data on, on health and just playing with it. Likewise, find something that's interesting to you, whether it's reading or podcasts or something, and just make a new habit of, you know, once or twice a week, you know, subscribe to Wired Magazine or Fast Company and just get to know, you know, make it a new habit to learn something about digital. And my final point on, on leadership transformation is, is experiment. Right. Um, we've all been frustrated by having great ideas we presented to our leaders and having them turned down because somebody can always say, oh, we tried that before. It didn't work. Or I've been doing this for 20 years. And, you know, it's called the hippo, right? The highest paid person in the room's opinion. Mm -hmm. Don't fight their opinions. Go go into those meetings with data. So run some simple experiments, get some data and then walk into the meeting showing that this many customers or this many people on a, a demo website or this many people that played with the prototype of the app, they don't want part, version one, but version two, they really like. And walk into those, you know, build prototypes, run experiments, get data, and it makes your, your conversations very different. It's no longer about opinions. It's about customer-driven data. And that, I think, is the most powerful idea that any leader can take on. And it costs you nothing to do. I'm wondering, Lawrence, can you think of any any stories, any examples of a leader who was very digitally unliterate, but who embraced it and, you know, the organization was better for it? 
I, I, I can't name names, but I can remember, um, you know, several examples at DBS Bank when we were running the hackathons where we put bankers and, and startups together in a room for 72 hours and had them create real prototypes to solve real problems and you know, had them actually go out, talk to customers and create prototypes. And we had a number of bankers in the first few hackathons who, frankly, were pretty damn arrogant uh, dealing with their startup partners. Right. But by the end of the 72 hours, uh, you couldn't tell who were the bankers and who were the startups because they'd actually lived, essentially lived as a startup for 72 hours. In some case, you know, working through the night, sleeping on the floor and, you know, just really getting into it. But there was also a few humbling moments for them when they suddenly realized that the 22-year-old kid sat on the other side of the table was worth more than all of the bankers sat around them because, you know, they'd actually built and sold companies in the past, even though they were younger. So, you know, to me, the key thing around this leadership transformation, especially transformation mindset, digital mindset, is how can you make it experiential? Nobody changes their behavior because of logic. But if you can give people experiences of building things and playing with things, it, it can have a very dramatic impact. That's when people truly change their behavior. Mm. So perhaps just to, to finish this conversation, for any C-levels that are listening to this now who are in any doubt that they need to work on themselves and they need to, you know, really work to drive transformation in the business and that, you know, crises such as this pandemic we're, we're all enjoying at the moment um, can, can be a great vehicle for that. What, what do you want to say to them? Um, I think the key message to them is that now is the time. You have the mandate. You have the, the opportunity. You know, there are no more excuses. The future of work is here. You know, a year ago, I was saying that denial is the best strategy where digital is concerned until you lose your job or go bankrupt. Well, guess what? Right now, more companies are going bankrupt than ever before. You know, we are in a perfect storm with creative destruction. The slow movers are going to disappear. And I think it, the most proactive leaders and companies can jump further ahead than ever before. And I think it's the greatest opportunity. Uh, you're either going to get left behind or you're going to jump ahead. And you need to start implementing these new habits now to be not just the survivors, but the ones that are defining the future. Very nice. OK, thank you so much, Lawrence.